So, you know, a lot of people trying to be like me, but, you know, you just can't be like me. Ooh, Lil Pump. She be on the beat. Each week we take you around Austin the Athletics Department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson, he is Dylan Schwartz, and here we are once again bringing you the best and the brightest of Austin P. last week. How lucky for you. Dylan, how are you today? I'm in a pretty good mood today, actually. Is it because I've been gone for three days this week and we have tomorrow off for Good Friday and so you're really only dealing with me for one day? You know what, don't answer that. Anyway, uh... Last week was a, uh, a big one in the wider world of sports. Uh, postseason is going full bore for the NHL and NBA playoffs, but Tiger Woods winning the Masters uh, trumps all, I think. Dylan, you almost had the Molinari pick yeah. correct, and then Tiger uh, Tiger tigered. Yeah, and, and for a while it was Molinari one or Tiger at second and third. I'm like, well... If Tiger loses, maybe I'll take Solis and the fact that I predicted Molinari to win, and then uh, him and a couple others just absolutely blew up, as uh, you're going to talk about here. Yeah, that the disaster over at 12, where Tiger did the Tiger did the smart thing, and in place of trying to go front side of the green, carried the bunker over the water, left himself with a long birdie putt, but a more than makeable par. Whereas Molinari and Finau. Finau, and it wasn't just them. It was every like Brooks Kepka took it yeah. in the water, I think. Yeah. There were three or four guys who could have made, either could have made a run or needed to just save hard to keep, keep pace, yeah. and everybody chunked it into the water. And from that point forward, it was Tiger's tournament to lose, and Tiger doesn't lose tournaments that way. Closer to home, looking around, for the Governors, baseball with a 3-1 and one week last week, thanks to some timely play, and of course, Jacques Pichu. In conference play, the Govs swept a Friday doubleheader against Moorhead State for their fourth series win in the last five weekends. Pichu cruised through game one, striking out eight in his first career complete game victory, and the first by Governor since 2017. He didn't need much help with those numbers, but two Aaron Campbell doubles and a three-hit game from Garrett Spain didn't hurt the cause either. Spain continued to have a nice weekend in the second game, driving in the winning run on a fielder's choice as the Cubs rallied an extra inning after surrendering a four-run lead. Gino Avros had four hits in that contest, scoring three runs as the youth in the governor's lineup continues to get it done. While the governors dropped the finale against the Eagles, they bounced back quickly in the midweek. Trailing 9-7 to to start the home ninth against SIU. Parker Phillips singled in Malcolm Tipler to start a rally. The Govs loaded the bases, and Matt Joslin, who was the hero of the Vandy game, driving in the go-ahead runs that ultimately defeated the Commodores, came through again with a walk-off grand slam. 
to beat Southern Illinois in a wild one at Raymond C. Hand. For the softball team, the weather played a part in knocking out Sunday's scheduled doubleheader at UT Martin, but the Govs did earn a split at SEMO, and going into the series against SEMO, it was the third straight series that the softball team was playing a team at least tied first place in the Ohio Valley Conference, and they got two splits against Jacksonville State and uh, Murray State, and they also under-split against SEMO. So again, a 3-3, a three and three, you know, six-game stretch, you know, maybe isn't the, you know, what you want it to be, but against the caliber of opponents, you know, I think the Govs um, will end up taking that. Uh, in game one, Morgan Rockle uh, got the win in just standard Morgan Rockle fashion, tossing, tossing a complete game, striking out 11 Southeast Missouri batters. Um, at the dish, Casey Acre banged out three hits, scored twice in the 5-2 run. Uh, game two just didn't go as well. Sometimes you just have a a bad day or bad game, uh, especially in doubleheaders in softball. Maybe the energy just wasn't there. Um, took a 9-0 loss, unfortunately, although Carly Matson did have uh, a double in that game. And as long as the Govs have Rackle to toss out there, they're always going to have a puncher's chance. Women's golf wrapped up the 2019 season at the OVC Women's Golf Championships in Muscle Shoals with a fifth-place finish. Austin Peay's fourth consecutive top-five finish in the event. For the second year in a row, Reagan Green finished in the top 10, shooting even par over the final 36 holes. She finished at four over for the tournament to take sixth overall, one shot outside the top five finish required for all tournament honors. And considering it was a Murray girl who was ahead of her over the last couple of holes, you have no idea how hard I was rooting for her to just hit one straight in the water <laughs> on those last couple of holes and give one back. Green is the first Gov since Jessica Cathy in 2013 and 2014, placing the top 10 in back-to-back -back seasons, putting an excellent coda on her Austin P career. Freshman Taylor Debman placed 17th, the first top 20 finish by an Austin P freshman since Cathy's journey in 2013. So while the Govs will lose uh, Taylor and Ashton Goodley and Reagan Green, uh, Debman will come back and be a force to be reckoned with across this league for years to come. For the men's tennis team, after dropping three conference matches in a row, um, or sorry, three uh, matches in a row, two conference and one non-conference, they finally got back in the win column with a 4-0 sweep of Eastern Illinois. Uh, after losing the initial first match in doubles, the Govs rally to take the doubles point with Timo Kieslich and Christian Edison winning at number two doubles, and then Almonte Sozelis and Anton Demberg winning at number one doubles. Um, Edison and Kieslich were the main uh the main players for the Govs in singles, both winning in straight sets in singles, and Jacob Lorino also adding a singles win for the 4-0 win of East Illinois. Um, puts the Govs now at 2-2 two two in the OVC. Uh, they're right now sitting in fourth. Um, they're probably going to see Eastern Illinois, get Eastern Illinois again uh, in two weeks' time in the OVC tournament, but there's still a chance that they can possibly move up into the top three. Track and field, the Govs hosted the annual home event at Ford Terrace Stadium last week, walking away with six individual victories in a sweep of the relay events for their troubles. Freshman Kyra Wilder swept the 100 and 200-meter dashes, part of an outstanding first home event for her. She hit personal bests in both the 100 and 200 and ran the second leg of Austin winning 4x1 and 4x400-meter relay events. A busy and very productive day for the Smyrna native. Another busy gov was Maya Perry Grimes, who won the triple jump, was runner-up in the long, and even grabbed the top five finish in the 100-meter dash. She was the, not just she was, the govs as a team were the first six finishers in the 100-meter dash 
event. So a, a very well done showing for the governors across the board in the 100. Weather forced the Collegiate events to condense to an all-day affair on Friday. Made it for a long day, but worth it for the Govs to compete on their home turf and come away with the results that they earned. For the women's tennis team, now after that uh, weather changed the Heritage Bank Battle of the Border match to yesterday. This is recording this on Thursday, so the we have three matches to, to recap for the women's tennis team. Uh, last weekend, they went on the road to the Prairie State to take on Eastern Illinois and SAUE, and Surprise, surprise, they swept both of them. Um, <clears throat> not a whole lot to say there. It was pretty much the Govs won every single match again, and they moved on. Against Murray, uh, the Racers offered a little more resistance, although the Govs really shined once again in doubles. Um, Fabian Schmidt and Danielle Morris won at number three doubles before the Yanis Garcia duo won at number two doubles, and they have now won ten straight doubles matches, which is second all-time. Still one behind the active streak of 11 of Tatiana Lopez and Hinoka Nakanishi. And while they're not, I guess, winning matches, I guess, the number one pairing of Lopez and Nakanishi, they're not losing it either. It's just the doubles point has been clinched. The other two pairings are winning faster. So the Yannis Garcia duo are trying to, I guess, take the record almost from there. So what you're saying is that Lopez and Nakanishi need to start winning faster. If Basically. they want to extend their streak. Basically, because Giannis Garcia sisters are only one behind. They have active streaks. Just all, records all over. I mean, we're, there are so many records possibly going on that they're competing with their own teammates for active teammates or program records. It's pretty astonishing. Um, and then Lydia Giannis Garcia and Lopez were the main uh, instigators of a big singles performance as well for the Governors. Both won a straight sets to give a 3-0 edge to the Govs. Um, the Racers responded, cutting deficit Three-one with a win at number one singles, but Schmidt uh, came through in the clutch once again, just like she did in the overseas tournament last year against the Racers and in the championship against Eastern Kentucky. She won in three sets uh, to make it four-one, and then Helena Kupik has now won 15 straight matches, which is now alone for fourth all-time program history. One behind her, uh, one behind her teammate Lydia Yanis Garcia, who had 16 last year. And then the records are um, Vanya Tomic, who has 17 and 20. So if you're looking at the schedule, Kupik can get to 18 if she wins all her matches, assuming the Govs get that far. So she'll be in an 18-match win streak if the Govs do make the NCAA tournament. So it's possible that she can get to 20, but it's going to require the Govs to probably be a couple high-caliber opponents to, to get to that point. Well, they'll... If, if this regular season has been any indication, they will certainly have their opportunity to do so. In the final home event of the 2019 season, Beach Volleyball went 3-1 and one last weekend in front of the Dunn Center. Four of Austin Peay's five pairings went 3-1 and one on the weekend. Jenna Panning and Haley Turner had to fight for a three-set win in the opener against Lincoln Memorial's the top pairing, while Caroline Way and Mimi Arrington destroyed the number five pairing against Carson Newman with a 21-9, 21-9 effort. The Govs are down in Florida this week, uh, even right now, finishing up the first match of the A-Sun tournament. We'll get to that a little bit later on today. We had some weekly honors for a few of our Austin P athletes, starting on the baseball diamond with Garrett Spain, who hit 462 in the week with nine RBIs. He had a walk-off fielder's choice in a game against Moorhead and then had a three-run homer against Moorhead uh, in game three. So as, as Colby alluded to earlier in the, in the baseball segment, the youth just keeps 
coming through in the clutch for the Govs, and if that's any indication for the years to come, the Austin P baseball is going to be a force to reckon with. Pichu once again winning his third OVC Pitcher of the Week honor, uh, doing something different, doing something that separates himself each and every time out, it seems like, whether it's it's going the distance, whether it's the, the shutdown, scattering a couple of hits, whether it's a big strikeout number, uh, something – he, he is doing something each and every weekend to just drop jaws around this league. Claudianos Garcia also won OVC Women's Tennis Player of the Week for the two matches last weekend. Did not count for the match that I talked about against Murray because that was obviously yesterday. But Claudianos uh, Garcia went 4-0 over those two matches, winning two doubles and two singles matches. Won both singles matches in straight sets at number at the number one spot and then teamed with her sister Lydia for two wins at the number two double spot. And not weekly, but certainly want to pay some homage to Taylor Debman, who was named to the All-OVC and All-Newcomer team uh, for the 2018-19 women's golf season. I personally thought Debman had the clear-cut and best case to get freshman of the year uh, based on just her, her stroke average, her, her body of work, multiple top five finishes, runner-ups, top 20s. Uh, I thought that the winner not to take anything away from her, did not have that same resume, but the league's coaches felt different, and so Deadman did not get the big award, but she certainly, she gets the uh, OVC Freshman of the Year award as handed out by the PCAS, so uh, congratulations <laughs> to her. Uh, we'll take a break and bring in one of Deadman's teammates, Reagan Green of the women's golf team, whose career actually wrapped up just yesterday, and we'll talk to her right after this. His guitar on the harder side of town Where it's hard for a poor boy to find the money He had dedication, he had the heart and soul Somehow knew he was born to play For the first time in this podcast history, we welcome in an athlete whose eligibility has recently expired. But Reagan Green's contributions in two years at Austin B go above and beyond that of merely hitting a golf ball really well. And even though she no longer has to do anything I ask her to do, she's here today to talk about golf and probably tell some dad jokes. So, Reagan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So, how does it feel to know that it's over, that your competitive playing days, at least on the collegiate level, have stopped? It's a bittersweet moment. I really don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, I've never, ever had a summer where I don't have to play tournaments. I've never. um, I've always had to compete in my life, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do. It's bittersweet. Yesterday I came off in tears, and um, I'm just, I'm in shock. I I don't know what I'm going to do. What are your emotions before, during, and after that final round? Going into the final round, I was like, okay, this is just another day. I kind of played it off like, oh, this is no big deal. And then I got to about 14 after I went birdie, birdie, and I hit it in the water. And I was like, oh, no, the nerves are kicking in. 
And so I started to get nervous. And when I saw Coach on 16, I was like, just tell me to breathe. Just tell me to breathe. Because I started shaking. And, like, I was like, okay, this is really weird. Like, I've had this before, but it's when I've been winning tournaments and not when I'm, like, going to tie for six or something like that. So I was, like, shaking. And I was like, Coach, please tell me to breathe. And so I was like, will you just walk with me until I get to 18? And so she walked with me the entire time and just, like, was, like, a little, like, bird in my ear just telling me to breathe every second. And so I take deep breaths, and then I got to 18, and coach was like, do you want to walk with me, or can I walk with you? And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I stood over my last putt for par, and it was like a four-footer, and I was like super confident, but at the same time, I was like doubting it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this, I can't do this, and I was shaking. And I like putted it in the hole, and then everyone like clapped and cheered, and then tears just started streaming. And it was like, I was just nervous the whole time, the like last five holes. How do you maintain any semblance of composure when you're going through all that and fighting for that top five, top ten finish? I I really just have to tell myself that I just have to breathe. That's literally all I do. And I don't think about shots because if I think about shots, and I most of the time I think about shots in a bad way of like all the mistakes I'm going to make. And it's like don't hit it in the hazard, don't hit it here because – most of the time I end up doing that. So I try to just breathe and not think about anything, just kind of distract myself. I thought golfers, well, not necessarily just golfers, but athletes in general were kind of taught to visualize good and positive things happening, and you are the opposite. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to visualize everything positive, but I have realized my high school coach always told us to, like, visualize the ball going in on putts and every time I would get up to like s visualize the ball rolling in I always missed it so I just like stopped worrying about it and then like I get really scared sometimes when I see bunkers in front of the green and I have to go over it because many of rounds I have chunked it into the bunker so I'm like okay please don't chunk it into the bunker please don't chunk it into the bunker but as I've gotten older I've gotten better about it but I do sometimes when I see water or I see a lot of bunkers I'm like oh don't do it don't do it Will you still golf anymore now that it's something you don't have to do every day? Um, I think so. Um, my dad's a big golfer, and um, he's got a lot of friends. And I used to, growing up, I would play with all of them and, like, their little scrambles things. And so I think whenever he texts me and is like, hey, you want to go play or it's a nice day, I'll go out and practice because, I mean, my life, I've, since, I've been playing since I was five, so that's been my entire life. So I'm sure. And golf's one of those sports that you can do no matter what age you are so I think I'll go out on nice days and just go hit balls or like go play with him or play in some fun scrambles you're gonna go start hustling people at the local courses for 50 bucks around oh yeah I, I'm very excited about that I can I can take some of those old men's money <laughs> that would be fun you spent your first couple of years at Lincoln Memorial right yes what led to the decision to come back home um I, at Lincoln, I was one of their top golfers, and um, I just sometimes felt like there just wasn't enough competition, and I was the only one working towards a goal, and my goal was to be the best that Lincoln had ever had coming in, and um, that was my goal, and I kept achieving all these things, and it was like there was no one fighting me, like competing against me, so I started getting to the point where I was just like disappointed, and I was like, there's no one competing, and then I started to get homesick because my parents couldn't come to most tournaments because it was like 15, 16 hour drives for them. And so they'd come to like two or three a semester and I never saw them. And 
it was just getting to the point where I was miserable with golf because no one, I did, had no one to compete against. I was homesick, and I just decided that the best decision for me was to come home. And I had gotten to the point where I didn't want to play golf anymore. Like I was miserable going to practice. I was miserable, and I was like, I'm. I called my dad one day, and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to pick up a club if I stay here. And he was like, Oh no, this is not a good sign because he knew how much I love golf, and so. Um, when he heard those words come out of my mouth, he told my mom, he's like, we've got to do something. And so that's when we talked about the whole process and everything. And I was just determined to come home no matter what. It didn't matter if I played golf or not. Um, I just wanted to come back to go to Austin P. And so um, I talked to Sarah, who was the coach before, and she was like, oh, yeah, we have a spot for you. And so I took her up on the opportunity, just was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come play golf for you, knowing nothing really about the program because I just – was just like okay I want to play golf well and then you come right back in and you're also one of the best players we have here did it feel like that maybe there were more from a team standpoint there were more people striving to achieve the same goals that you had set for yourself yeah I think so um the Goodley sisters who I played with or who I finished up my senior year with um they had achieved all these honors their freshman and sophomore year and so when I saw all theirs I was like okay, they, they came to college to play golf. And so I was like, we have about the same, like, scoring average. We have everything. And I was like, we can compete back and forth. Even though we're, like, great friends, it's, like, great to have someone who's going to push you to be better every day on the course and practice. Do you guys trash talk one another in practice? So we didn't until leading up to OVC. Um, Megan Stamps actually – likes to trash talk people or attempt to trash talk people we started playing this game at conference this week and it was like this drawback so you'd hit a putt and then like you draw it back with your putter so three feet is as long as a putter is and so we'd draw it back three feet and she'd always say you can't make that you're not good enough to make that and it was like she thought it was really good trash talk and me and Taylor Dedman would just give her crap for it because it was terrible crap crap the trash talk and it was just the cheesiest things would come out of her mouth that's just who she is i was gonna say i cannot imagine megan being extremely good at talking junk to people yeah it's 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 funny to watch though how were you received and welcomed into the austin p golf family <laughs> at first i think they were a little on the fence about me because i was really really quiet when i my first semester i didn't say much i just kind of i came in and i was injured I got injured like the first two tournaments and so I didn't get to travel so I had to earn my spot on the team for a home tournament and so at first I was just really quiet and I was just there to get the work done and I was at practice didn't really speak to anybody and so because I, I knew I wanted to be on that traveling team and so then about second semester is when I started to come out of my shell a little bit and they were like oh this is a different Reagan this is not who we saw first semester and then it was like they just welcomed me as like the, from the very start, they opened me with welcome arms, inviting me to everything that they do. But second semester was when they really started inviting me, like, hey, let's go eat. Let's go do this. Do you want to do this with us? And so once I came out on my show and got comfortable around them was when it was like, oh, we're going op- to welcome her a lot. Is it tough to join a program after two years somewhere else knowing that, you know, one, you want to you be part of a team and be uh, welcomed and assimilate really well and really quickly but for golf especially you're there to probably take somebody's spot in the lineup yeah it's definitely very hard because 
they had a solid five coming in. Um, I mean, Riley came in, and she was probably going to be an automatic five. And then I came in the mix, and it was like, ooh, we actually have to compete now. And we can't just say, oh, yeah, we're on the team. So we had to battle back and forth. And I think it was an eye-opener for all of us that our spots just weren't given to us. It was like we really had to play for those spots. The return to Clarksville and to Austin P. what was the best part of it? Was it just being – was it your parents being able to – see more of you and not just tournament wise but just in general um I think the best part of it well my parents kicked me out my first year when I came back they said we are absolutely not living in our house so they got me an apartment and I lived with two of the best girls ever Sarah Emily who ran track at Austin Peay and Gretchen who was a pole vaulter so I lived with them my for my for a year and a half and then um I got to see my sister's senior year, so we got to do everything together during her senior year. So I got to go watch her play, like, her final volleyball game. I got to go watch her, like, graduate. I got to go see all, like, the important things, which is really cool because I'm really close with my family. But my dad always made it a fact, like, whenever they'd go to family dinners, like, we always did pizza on Friday night. So he was always like, hey, do you want to come eat pizza with us? Or Saturdays, we, for some reason, my family always eats out on the weekends. It's like a thing it's like ooh, it's the weekend we don't have you're to free cook. you don't have to do anything and so every time that they go to dinner they'd be like hey you want to come eat with us so that was nice to be like there they involved me and it was like i was always a part of our family it was like i was there again and part of the family again how important has that relationship been with your parents over the last four years and just the different things that happened to you and from lincoln to here and everything in between uh my bond with my parents has definitely grown since I've been in college um I was five and a half hours away from them and so I would call my mom like every day like it was like four or five times a day like hey I had this happen to me or this is what happened to my day like and it was just like random things or I just failed this test what do I do and so um well you're really honest to call your mom (laughs) and tell you failed a test it was like I'd have panic attacks before I'd go to a test and I was like I don't feel confident what do I do and she'd always like text me like oh it's okay you'll be fine like you got this and um but my bond has definitely grown with my parents ever since I've moved gotten to college and I've moved back I've moved in with my parents this semester so it's like I'm back under their roof and they're taking care of me I'm gonna be in trouble when I end up in the real world though because once they kick me out I'm not gonna know what to do well if they've already done it once and then they welcomed you back in I don't think it's gonna be a huge deal <laughs> well you never know uh, it, so is that why you have such an affinity for dad jokes <laughs> no my dad doesn't, I mean, my dad has a good sense of humor, but he doesn't crack jokes a lot. So I don't know where they came from. Do you, do you have any good ones as long as we're here? <laughs> you were taking it very, very seriously during OVCs. You weren't, you weren't handing any out. I have a couple. Um, my favorite one so far is what happened to the Olive Garden chef. But he pasta away. <laughs> I, I, get, I get some good laughs out of that one. And then the other one is, uh, what's smarter than a talking parrot? I haven't heard this one. A spelling bee. (laughs) Me and Coach actually looked those up on the putting green, or we looked that one up on the putting green at Murray to tell Colby 
but yeah, you weren't there. I'd, I'd gone to do other things. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That one's on me. <laughs> Let's rapid fire some different things. What is your favorite word? My favorite word would have to be interesting. I catch myself saying it a lot. I'm not really sure why. People will text me something, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I can see it being a vocal tick if you don't have anything to say to somebody when they say something. Like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. But to text it back means you actually thought about it and found it interesting. Yeah. I'm also socially awkward, so words just come out when I don't know what to say. It's just like, oh, okay, this works. Yeah, that's why you're sitting here that's why I, that's how i wound up doing this was i like to hear myself talk and now i'm gonna ask people questions what's your least favorite word oh moist is my least favorite word it makes me cringe i don't know why but when i hear people say it I'm, my shoulders just raise up to my ears this is a, the 29th podcast I think we've done this year, and moist has been about half of those people's least favorite yeah. word. Who or what inspires you? Um, I think my dad inspires me the most. Um, he has worked really hard. He didn't go to college. Um, he worked a factory job um, through high school until my mom and him got married. And then he worked in the car business, and um, he commuted from the time I was one to three, he commuted back and forth to Jackson, Tennessee, and then realized that that was not the job for him because he wasn't going to be able to see me. Be he did like, that from here? Mm-hmm. He did it from here. He would go up on weekends and work the week and then come back the next weekend. And um, so he realized that was not the thing. And then my sister was born, and so he got a job at our local car dealership or whatever. He worked there till we were in fourth grade, and he realized that the hours weren't going to work. And he wasn't going to be able to come to sporting events and things like that. So he opened up his own business, and which takes a lot, having a family and opening up your own business that you don't know if it's going to make it. And that man works so hard and gives us everything. And he, like, is always at everything. He, like, wants the best for us. And he's just such a great role model, and he's always positive no matter what. It's awesome. For him not having the collegiate education, was it something that he pr prioritized for you and your sister? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes he doesn't understand. Like, we're like, oh, we have this paper due. And he's like, oh, it's going to be so easy. You can get it done in no time. So he doesn't understand when we talk about school, which is kind of funny. Because um, my mom has to look at him and say, no, it's a lot harder than you think. There's and a little more to it. But um, he's always he's always wanted us to get, like, our degree. And then, like, I've been debating if I want to get my master's or if I want to, like, go to nursing school or if I want to do, like, PA or things like that. And he, like... It's always like, just get your master's and then you can go on from there. It's like, he doesn't care about the cost. He just wants us to have as many degrees and certifications as possible. So that's like his goal is he wants us to be very well educated. What's the last book you read for fun? The last book I read for fun was When Life Gives You Lululemons. I know, it's weird. I have an obsession with Lululemon. And so I found it one day in Target. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll read it. It look, sounds good. It's about these, like, very wealthy housewives in New York. And they talk about how their life is just miserable. But they really have, like, the best lives in the world. And they crack jokes all the time about how they wear their Lulu. But they only wear it around, like, to run errands. And they don't actually wear it to work out. It's, it's a very entertaining book. It's one of those that, like, you can read very fast because it's 
doesn't have a lot of facts to it. <laughs> what is your worst habit? Ooh, I have two, two really bad habits. I bite when I'm nervous. I bite the skin off my fingers, which is really gross, really disgusting. Um, but that's like a nervous tick. And then I chew the insides of my mouth. You've probably seen that in pictures. Mm, yeah. Okay. That, that checks out. Now, now I understand what that is. Mm -hmm. When I get bored or like, I don't know what to do or I don't have gum. I always constantly have gum most of the time, but I always chew the insides of my mouth. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? <laughs> so I'm petrified to stay at home alone. I don't know what I'm going to do if I have to get a one-bedroom apartment and live on my own. Um, my parents left me this spring to go to um, the Dominican Republic. And so um, I was home alone in their house with my dog. And I was, like, coming from uh, my internship, and I was going to practice, and I had been gone for a while. And so I came home, and I made myself some dinner, and I sat down at the kitchen table, and the doorbell rang. And when the doorbell rings, it freaks me out because I do not know if I should answer it or if I should, like, what I should do. My parents don't have a peephole. They only have, like, this little window that sits in, like, our dining room so I can see the front porch, but they definitely can know. And I ha when I was younger, I used to run up the stairs and look out my sister's window because I was so small they couldn't see me running up the stairs, but now they can see me because I'm a giant. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what do I do? And so I answered it. I, like creeped it open, looked out their little window hole, creeped it open, and it was like one of those little telemarketer guys, and he would not leave me alone, and I was like shaking, like trying to talk to him, and like I was like, okay, my mom and dad are not here, I don't know what to do, like I know my dad kept this BB gun by the door, and I was like, okay, I don't have enough time to get there and slam the door, so I was like, okay, I'm not really sure what I should do, and my parents had no cell service, so I couldn't call them, and I could have called my grandparents, but I was like, ooh, that's not enough. It's not scary enough to call them to get them to come over here. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to be a big girl, and I'm just going to tell them, like, no, I don't want anything, and just shut the door. But that is like, when the doorbell rings and I'm home alone, that's a scary moment. God, I hope that for whatever reason <laughs> that guy is listening to this and realizes that he's been part of your most terrifying <laughs> situation. What is your idea of happiness? Happiness to me is smiling, laughing, and just having a good time. Um, surrounding myself with friends is when I'm the happiest, so I think that's like my ideal happiness is just smiling, laughing, and being around friends. What's your idea of misery? When I think of misery, I think of like this darkness. And so I think of like being in like a black hole almost, like... Just like going to the hole in prison? Yeah, like not being able to get out. That sounds really weird. But I have like this vivid image in my head. It's weird. Uh, that <laughs> does sound pretty miserable, actually. What makes you self-conscious? So I have really thin hair. And sometimes my hair, when it gets too long, is disgusting. And my mother is, like, one of those people that always wants you to look your best. And it's like I wear my running leggings and I don't do my hair. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you look awful. And I really don't look awful. I just don't look put together. And so um, I, my hair, I, like, when it gets too long, it gets stringy. When it's too short, it doesn't have enough volume. 
my hair definitely makes me self-conscious. That's why I like wearing ball caps a lot. What is the most embarrassing song that you love? Oh, no. So I wouldn't say this is the most embarrassing song. But right now, I have, I don't know why, but I have this obsession with Luke Bryan's new song, Kicking Boots. It's just really catchy. And I played it the other day in the van because I was talking about it. And everyone just looked at me and, like, rolled their eyes like, this is not good. But it's, like, super catchy and you just want to sing along with it. And it's it's not super embarrassing, but it's, like, one of those cringeworthy songs that you're like, ooh, I really like this. Mm, I haven't heard that one. Now I'm going to check it out. How would you prefer to die? I'd want to die probably doing something I loved would probably be the way I die. Or, I don't know, What's though. something that you love that's likely to kill you? <laughs> Ooh, that's a hard one. I mean, golf could kill me, but golf could give me a heart attack. It gives my dad some heart palpitations sometimes when I'm playing. Um... I could stress myself out, but I don't know. Now, now that golf's done, I don't. I don't know. Well, okay. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as, and why? Ooh, that's a good one. I know they like to kill flies, but I would like to be a fly because I'd like to be on like be able to go in rooms and listen to conversations. You know, flies have like a 24 hour yeah i know i know they're disgusting but it would be really cool though if you can like die as a fly and then come back as another fly and like like if that so you just want to be you just want to be a series of flies yes but sometimes do you think when you kill a fly or you kill a bee they come like it's like they alert all the others and they just come and attack you i've realized that on the golf course like i'll kill a bee like one of those little sweat bees and it will come like They'll all, like, charge towards me once I've killed one. I can't say that I've ever thought of it that way, but I really don't want to be on the wrong side of the bee mafia, so I'll try to be more respectful of them going forward. It's a weird thought, but I've I've kind of thought of that sometimes. Well, now I can't unthink of it, and I've got to go <laughs> sit out at another golf tournament this weekend, so thanks. <laughs> what might prompt you to lie? <laughs> um... Me and my sister do a lot of things that we're probably not supposed to. Um, Just, like, that my parents don't, like, say yes to. When we were younger, we would do things like, hey, we're going here, but we're actually not going here together. And so we would, uh, that would be a thing, like, lying about that. I don't really lie. I'm pretty honest with everybody. I'm pretty blunt about a bunch of different things. So... But that would be the only thing I'd lie about, like, different things. If me and my sister were together, we'd lie together. (laughs) So you guys organize your lies. Oh, yeah, we definitely do. That's good. That's good to have some teamwork Mm -hmm. with that. What makes you hopeful? Ooh, that's deep. Every once in a while, yes. Um, I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) I know it's 2019. It can be kind of difficult. <laughs> uh, I think what makes me hopeful 
I really don't know. I'm like thinking about it, but that's so deep. It's like I have to like take a lot of time to like ponder on that one. I'd say we'd come back to it, but we probably won't. That's okay. <laughs> we can skip that one. Okay. I'll I'll like tweet you my answer for Re- that one or Reagan's something. Reagan's not hopeful. Got it. Okay. What is our purpose in life? Our purpose in life, or at least my purpose in life, that I like strive for is to be good, um, to create joy in people's lives and happiness, and to just be the light in somebody's life. I really think that's it. Well, now that golf's over, what is what's the future hold for you? What are you what are your plans? Do you have any plans? <laughs> I joke a lot with people that I'm just gonna live in my parents' basement and I'm not gonna do anything, but um i interned all semester at st thomas west in their cardiac rehab unit and i saw some amazing things and that's what i want to do in the future so i'm just now waiting to get a job basically with cardiac rehab it's hard um, because you have to have one to two years of experience and i don't know how you get that just graduating because i've had four years of experience or not four years four months of experience um with them so I'm hoping to get my foot in the door there. If not, um, I guess I'll go back to school. But I'm hoping to get a job in cardiac rehab. Cool. If I need my cardiacs rehabbed, I will give you a call someday. Okay. Um, Reagan, thanks for coming in. I enjoyed watching the last couple of years. Really just glad you came home. Glad you came back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Reagan for taking the time to stop in here. She certainly didn't have to because she's done with her career now and she could have told me to go find something else to do. But instead, she was gracious with her time and we appreciate that. All you'll find at home this week is a pair of tennis matches and a baseball midweek, but there's plenty happening across all schedules, including two conference championships. Beginning with men's golf, with a wealth of talent, head coach Robbie Wilson and the Gus will be down in Alabama starting Easter Sunday to compete for the OVC title. Freshman extraordinaire Micah Nicely and sophomore standout Chase Gordy may get the headlines, but this is a team with a lot of depth and a lot of talent that could lead to the program's first top five finish since 2015. Uh, everybody, with the exception of Nicely, who's likely to make the the field for the governors, uh, has seen this course, many of them more than one time at this point, and that experience down at that course in Alabama could pay huge dividends this week for beach volleyball we alluded that they were playing right now we just got word that they finish up their first match in the in their first ever conference championship this morning in Deland and is it Deland Florida I believe it's Deland, Deland yeah. Florida they played Coastal Carolina unfortunately they dropped that match so now um, they are still in the tournament the double elimination event the Atlantic Sun tournament not the OVC Atlantic Sun tournament um, and they will either play North Florida, Florida Gulf Coast, or everybody's favorite road opponent, 
North Alabama. The omnipresent <laughs> North Alabama. Uh, that match will happen at 8 a.m. tomorrow. So the Govs need to win every single match here on out to have a chance at a title as, once again, it's double elimination, and they ended up dropping uh, the first match against, isn't, isn't Coastal Carolina the Chanticleers? Isn't yes, the Chanticleers. The Chanticleers. We forgot to do that. Oh, Bri- my God, yeah. we did forget <laughs> to do that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, next week, we promise we will have a, I don't, draft. Some sort of some, thing. We will yeah. give you some of the best Division One collegiate team nicknames you've ever heard, Dick Ahmed. On the diamond, the Govs travel to UT Martin for three against the Skyhawks this weekend, a modified schedule due to the expected inclement weather and in consideration of the Easter holiday. The series opens Friday afternoon with a 4 p.m. first pitch, followed by a 2 and 5.30 Saturday doubleheader as the teams try to get home ahead of Easter. The Govs last lost a series in Martin in 2015, one of just three series losses on the road Austin P has ever endured against the Skyhawks. As a team, UT Martin's hitting just 231, the lowest team batting average by 13 points in the OVC. It doesn't really help that they strike out a lot. With the league high 353 strikeouts at the dish, and now they will face a a very solid weekend trio rotation in Pichu, Brandon Vial, and Josh Rye, who have, especially since OVC play started, really taken off and, and performed at a very high level each and every weekend. The Guys also have two midweek contests next week, traveling to Middle Tennessee for a 6 p.m. Tuesday game against the Blue Raiders before welcoming Alabama A&M to Clarksville the following evening at 6. From a league standpoint for softball, this will be the short week for the sport as the Govs only face Tennessee Tech among league foes. Tech is 8-9 in the league, and that's pretty much largely on the strength of some big hitters in the lineup who have helped the Golden Eagles smack 38 home runs, which is the fourth highest total in the league. And the three-game winning streak the Govs currently enjoy in the rivalry is Austin Peay's longest since winning 10 in a row from the 1988 to 1990 seasons. And then in addition to the Golden Eagles uh, and it being a short week, the Governors pretty much have a busy week um, ahead as well. In the midweek, they visit Lipscomb Tuesday in a single-game contest before traversing to Bowling Green for a 4 p.m. doubleheader against Western Kentucky. For the Governor Track and Field Program, also be scheduled for the Georgia Tech Invitational, another of the South's preeminent meets that offer the Govs an opportunity to measure themselves against the best in the region. Once upon a time, this meet served as kind of a last hope for track and field athletes trying to pick up a qualifying mark for the NCAA Regionals. They used to hold this meet after most conference championships to give everyone one more shot at glory. While the stakes are lower now that it falls in the middle of the season, the competition is not diminished in this event one iota. Last season, Caroline Kithlegat nearly broke the school 3,000-meter steeplechase record at this meet, while Tamethia Tolbert was 12th overall and 6th among collegiate runners in the 100-meter dash. For tennis teams, it is their senior day on Saturday. Both teams will be playing Belmont. Uh, the men will be going first at 10 a.m. And with a win, the Govs still have a chance to go into a top three spot, although that will require a lot of rotating pieces. So even if they win, it's likely the Govs will stay at the four seed, and that means they will take on Eastern Illinois in the first round of the OVC tournament the following weekend. So um, their opponent, Belmont, is currently one of those top three. They have... Still in content, they're still in contention for an OVC regular season title. Um, they're three and one in the OVC. Their only loss being to Jacksonville State. It's pretty much that trio of 
Jacksonville State, Tennessee Tech, and Belmont have kind of just thrown hammer blows at each other. Four, three, narrow losses, narrow wins. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that stacks up in the last weekend of the regular season and the OVC tournament as we move forward. Um, on the women's side, there's a lot at stake here, possibly for clinching scenarios. Um, with the win against Murray, I forgot to mention, but with the win against Murray State, they did clinch at least a share of the, the regular lead. season t- <laughs> of the regular season title. Um, also picked up three points for the Heritage Bank Battle of the Border competition for the Govs. Um, they take also take on Belmont, who sits at five and one in the OVC. The Govs are seven and zero. Currently, Jacksonville State and Belmont are only have one loss. So if Belmont loses to Jacksonville State on Friday. The Govs will have clinched the number one overall seed in the OVC tournament, but not the outright regular season title because if the Govs end up losing to Belmont, which you know probably won't happen because the Govs are 19-0, and I'm going to knock on the wood just to hopefully not jinx this that. It's not my plastic. fault. Well, I'll, I'll find some wood <laughs> eventually. Um, they, if, if the Govs lose to Belmont, then – they would still have the number one seed, but to share the title with Jacksonville State. The easiest way for the Govs to win the outright title number one seed is simply just to beat Belmont. Yeah, do that. That seems yeah. that seems best. Uh, as the semester begins to wind to a close, our community service opportunities become a little bit less and less. But Mana Cafe, Buddy Ball, Bird Elementary, those weekly opportunities are still there. You can contact Haley Jacoby for more information about that. And the 2019 ESPYs are one week from today as we honor the best and brightest in Austin P. So, uh, you know, be there for that because it's a really fun time. And get in touch, stay in touch with us via the web and social media, which now Dylan will perform his patented um, performance art here and tell you where you can do all that. Yeah, let's go. P.com is our official website for everything related to Austin P. Governor's Athletics. We also have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, handles at Let's Go P. And you can follow every individual sports team at um, their respective sports handle. We got some good content as we wind up into some some conference championships on the near horizon, thanks to uh, Taylor Wiseman and Tyler Davis getting a lot of content out on those respective um, social media platforms. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stephan L.A., and myself at letsgop.com for dates, news stories, and other things for you to put your eyeballs on. And if you need tickets, once again, Katie Locke and Sydney Hooper, they have what you need. Uh, we know you miss them. We don't have many home events, so feel free to pop into the Dunn and even see them because, you know, they love visitors. Love them. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast if you can. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Or quiz me about the quality of rest stops between here and Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Tweet at us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at Dylan Schwartz, just the way it sounds probably. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.